Hello and welcome to our very first ever podcast. My name is Abby. This is my husband with me, Topaz. Say hello, Topaz. Uh, hi. <laughs> and this is actually something we've been thinking about doing for a while, and we've decided to name it, Are We That Couple? Well, yeah, it's like, but you have to say it with more of like a question mark, like, are we that couple or something like that? You can't just be like, are we that couple? Well, okay, but we get that a lot. I mean, we tend to kind of do things differently than a lot of couples, especially married couples. Um, a little bit of background. We have been together for, what is it, 16 years now? I believe so. And I would say they've been pretty happy years. I- I'm, I'm going to say I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, in our 10 years of marriage, 16 years together, we tend to kind of see or hear all this marriage advice from people who've done it longer or people who've done it um, in their minds more successfully. And we sit there and we wonder, are we just doing it wrong? So what do you, what do you think, Topaz? Do you think that we're like not following the norms of what a what would be considered today's, you know, normal marriage? Well, I, I think that's what's different is that uh, we are both kind of codependent and we accept that. And, and what you always see out there in the media and what everyone's showing off on social media and stuff is a sort of like ultra independent marriage where it's just like two people live together, but they don't actually like hang out together and stuff. And, and I always thought that was kind of weird. Well, that is true. Uh, we, we have friends that have very independent lives um you know i constantly at least once a month get an invite on facebook yes old people still use facebook to come to girls night to um go hang out at a bar go see what would be considered a chick flick and i just i don't want to do i don't get it i just i don't need a break from my marriage from my life there's nothing i can say in front of my friends that I can't say in front of my husband. Would you say that well, that's... you know, I, I think that's true. I, I think maybe the idea is that, that people think that there's a sort of inherent difference between men and women and hanging out with the opposite sex all the time, like somehow is not as fulfilling as the, the times that you need to hang out with your, your bros or your girls or what, however it is that they phrase it. Well, I guess that makes sense. A whole bunch of girls get together. I'm sure in a man's mind, they have it where we're doing other things. I mean, if you ask any guy, um, especially when they were younger, what do girls do at slumber parties? There's this idea that we, you know, strip down to our underwear and have pillow fights and see who's got the biggest boobies and, you know, practice kissing on each other and things like that. Well, what do you think it is guys do? Just like pee on everything? I mean, I don't really understand, you know. (laughs) Well, I assume you play lots of games of would you do her? Huh. You know, actually, I I can honestly say I don't recall ever having played a game of of would you do, do her. I think like I'm sure with my male friends, we've said like, oh, that girl's hot or something, but no, sorry, we're not really 
thinking about all the people that we could have sex with. So all you're not the time. measuring flaccid penises and y- you seeing know, who's the biggest and proclaiming I, him king. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm sure when I was a small child, there was a time or two where where penis comparison size came into play. But I'm going to say once, like uh, puberty was passed, everyone was a little too, I think, worried about how they would measure up to everyone else to sort of bring that out. I mean. I do know that I was at one time at that weird party where a bunch of adults did that, and, and we were both there. But well, I, I shut up. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I mean, I've, I don't know. I, I've never measured your penis. Um, I'd say it's you know comparable with the ones that I have in our little box, but that's yeah. um, yeah, a totally different show. Uh, so I, I think you know. One of the things is, is that, you know, they say about marriage, and this will be a topic later on that I think we're going to delve into, is they bring up that marriage is hard. And, and we hear that a lot. And I don't mean like, you know, penis hard, because that'd be funny. But, you know, like, just that it's difficult that you go through trying times and, and you really have to work at it. And on a personal level, I would say that I honestly don't think that it's that difficult. I don't think that we've been through anything major that has questioned my relationship with you or my desire to be with you. I mean, yeah, we've had our fights where at that moment you're like, that's it, I'm out, I want to kill him. But, you know, we're not poor, we're not wealthy. Um, I'd say we're pretty middle of the road, you know, we have a tiny-ish house, about 1,300 square feet. Um, I think that, you know, we've raised kids together. Um, we'll get into that later on. I, I don't know. I, we have five dogs. We hang around at the house way more than we probably should. We go on vacation once a year, nothing extravagant, usually to Florida so we can go hang out on the beach. Um, but in the long run, I, I, you know, you always hear marriage is work. Marriage is difficult. I don't see that. Um, I don't think I've grown out of in these 16 years that they're, you know, they say in the beginning of your relationship, their idiosyncrasies are cute. And then as you, you know, time moves on, those things become annoying and you hate them. I don't think I've reached that yet. And I think on a personal level that that's, some might say, not normal. Well, I mean, I, I agree. And, and I will say in advance that it's, it's nice to hear that you're not tired of me yet. <laughs> um, uh, and it's also nice to hear that, that you know, I don't know, you, you uh, haven't gotten to the point where you want to leave me for all the occasionally ridiculous and stupid things that I do. So that's good. Um, but, but no, I agree with you that... that I have always found something that that seemed to set our relationship apart was that it it wasn't this difficult slog that that there seems to be this perception that that marriage is, you know, anything from if you look back in the old Hollywood classics like the Seven Year Itch and all these other movies about people getting tired of each other and stuff like that. I I, I I'm not tired of you, and I certainly hope that you're not tired of me. And yes, I agree, although there have been times when we were at odds over things, it it never seemed to rise to the point of being worth destroying what we've already built or or, or giving up what what we have just in terms of our relationship and, and emotional closeness and stuff. 
And I think that that's one of the things that we're hoping to kind of convey in this podcast is what real marriage, I guess, kind of looks like in a lot of ways, because you don't hear about this. You know, it's usually, um, you know, like things are perfect or things are shit. And there doesn't seem to be much of a middle ground. And I think that some people would see our relationship and think that we are too attached to one another um, and would see that we're too codependent. I mean, you know, let's be honest right now. Um, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I believe that people tend to marry within you know, what it is that they can get, um, looks wise, things of that nature. And I love my husband. I think he's hot. Uh, he has that rockin' dad bod going. Um, yeah, (laughs) but we're not what society would call very attractive people, but we're not like monsters oozing out of the ground. Um, I tend to sing, you know, lowered expectations, you know, from SNL. Well, that's that's um, what I was going to say. And actually, I think that's from Mad TV. No, I no thought offense. that was... No, I'm pretty S- sure it's Okay, Mad we're going to have to matter. Google that yeah. later. Um, oh, fight. Okay. So, but it's, you know, I think that people sometimes want to hear or want, you know, just a humorous take on relationships with no holds barred. Um, some of our future episodes that we're going to talk about, we're definitely going to talk about sex. Where does that go? How do you keep that exciting? Um, things along the lines of parenting, uh, household chores and responsibilities. Um, who's responsible for the, you know, for how confident or someone's feelings about themselves, um, you know, cause low self-esteem, who's responsible for picking that partner up. Um, and today what I'd really like to focus on since we're starting this is something called truth. What does it mean to have truth in a marriage? I think that we discuss that, oh, we have a very open and honest marriage, but is there such a thing as omission is there lying from omission do you have to tell them everything do you have to remember everything so you can tell them everything um for example in our relationship one of the ways that we kind of divvy up our responsibilities is i am very a type i am i'm a planner so I pay all the bills. So all the money goes into a joint account from his job and my job and anything else. And every month I pay the bills. And I think a lot of times, I mean, so pause, do you even know how much money we have in our bank account? Well, actually, technology has sort of come to my rescue at that point. Our, our bank updated the app and I can actually see how much money is in our account. But, but I will admit up until about a, a year and a half ago, it, it was a... Uh, a mystery. I, I will argue a, a comfortable mystery on my side because it gave me the security of knowing things that were just taken care of, and I didn't have to worry about it. And I could go and 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 take care of other things in our in our lives or other things that that I felt that I was obligated to do um, without having to worry about was that bill paid or, or or was this bill paid. But I mean, I, I do. I think at this point have a concept of how much money we have in our account. 
uh, an open concept of kind of how much we spend each month. Obviously, I know sometimes you'll say, oh, we got to be careful or, oh, you know, the savings is a little low or, or, or things like that. But yeah, I, I will freely admit that, that you're choosing to take over the financial kind of responsibility and wear that hat means that I, I don't have to. And as weird as it may sound, I'm totally okay with that because... Uh, it means that it's one less thing that I have to worry about or, or, or be concerned about. And, and that's, that's really nice. Well, I know that we both make um, normal purchases every week. We go to the store. We love to do that Walmart online shopping and then go pick it up. I mean, we are very lazy people. Let's just get that out there. Um, so do you... Is it lying if one of us were to spend a certain amount of money without telling the other, not on bills? So, for example, um, when I was in Arizona on work, I bought this system that kind of is supposed to massage certain parts of your body and it kind of sticks to it and it sends these pulses. It's not a sex thing. It's not a sex thing. No, we have a different box for that. It's, it's supposed to like, you (laughs) know, at least we haven't tried it that way. Yeah. It's supposed to relax your muscles. It's not, and and my wife's not going to know what I'm talking about, but I I work in it. So it's, it's not like an e-stim thing or anything else weird like that. That's like sex electrical stuff. I seriously don't know what you do all day. I, I understand. But, but the point is, is that yes, what she's trying to say is it's a thing where you stick these like uh, patches on your back and it like zaps it and it's supposed to pretend to be massaging you and it works okay i like it yeah i like i haven't tried it for sex yet um wow we'll have to do a show on that one yeah um so but i bought it and i didn't call and ask for permission and the, the lady that i was with my boss um she when i handed over my card she just kind of looked at me because it was 200 dollars, and she goes aren't you gonna have to call your husband and I looked at her like, no. But for a moment there, I thought, oh, oh my God, am I supposed to? Should I call him? Um, do I need to let him know? Do I need to ask? Is it, am I lying to him because I did not talk to him about it first and I just made that? Is it unethical? I mean... Topaz, what do you... Well, I, I think you have to look at a couple of a different perspectives on that. And, and the first is, so as we discussed earlier, you are essentially wear the, the money hat, the banker hat. So that means that I'm inherently trusting that whatever choice you make is a good one. So therefore, automatically, I don't question and I feel and respect the fact that if you've decided to make a purchase that it's reasonable it's, it's not going to bankrupt us or put us in trouble or make us miss a bill or anything so in all honesty i think that that you have a little more leeway um i myself because i don't manage the money do feel a bit more of an obligation if i'm going to spend two or three hundred dollars to at least let you know um so that it's not like you're going to miss a bill or something, you know what I mean, that you were expecting to pay. But by that same token, I don't think that it's lying because, I mean, it was something you needed and, and we trust each other. So I think it would be different if you were periodically siphoning money from the account to go gamble or and not telling me about it. Or or like, for example, without naming names, I I, I know people where like the wife is responsible for 
all of the money and then they find out like three months later that their mortgage hasn't been paid for the past three months or six months and then suddenly they're getting uh re you know whatever you call it repossession notices or collection notices on their cars and on, and on their uh, on their house and stuff and and they're in foreclosure so that's lying no matter how you want to slice it that's that's not being upfront and honest with your spouse but buying a $200 thing, knowing that we have the money to do so, that's, that's not lying. And, and furthermore, to be clear in the particular story, when you came back, you said, look what I bought. And I went, why, what's that? And then we had the whole discussion about that it wasn't a sex thing and that it was a massage <laughs> thing. And we both tried it and it was fine. So uh, I, I certainly trust that you're, you're not going to lie to me about money. And no, I, I don't think in an example that that's a lying. But there are probably some harder truths that we should examine and that's like you know omission or not saying things or or like cheating not okay, that either well one then, of us have cheated but just you know what what constitutes lying okay so let we'll move into cheating in a second um so let's talk about you know the lies by omission um so yeah let's move into sex here um so let's say a woman fakes it. Let's say I fake an orgasm during sex. Is that lying? Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall on the side as 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 the guy that would hypothetically being faked on. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, yeah, that would be lying. That, because as a guy, or maybe it's just me personally, uh, if if you bring your partner to that that particular state, you're like, all right, I did that. And, and so to find out that 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 was all fake and that and that she was just doing it so that you wouldn't feel bad or maybe to get out of the sex more quickly or because hell on a, on a worst case scenario she just really doesn't like having sex with you that would sort of be soul crushing on on many levels um and, and i think that that would be in the long term very detrimental to any relationship okay so but you brought up a very interesting point i think that as a woman um and i don't know if we've had this discussion before this may be our first time um women are kind of trained throughout adolescence and into their young adult life and maybe it just sticks with them and i i know that my mother was and my grandmother probably was um i have friends that are and one of the things that we're consistently kind of being told in our society over and over again is that you don't want to make your partner feel bad about sex. So if a woman doesn't get off, if she doesn't reach climax, um, you know, there are a couple of things that you learn very early on. And, and these are all personal experiences I've had and with women I've talked to, um, if you tell the guy, then they're like, well, it must be you. There must be something wrong with you. Um, because, you know, to them, they grow up watching porn or, or reading magazines. And trust me, I'm a huge fan of porn. But this whole idea that as soon as I stick my dick in, you're going to come. Not really reality. So they take it personal. So um, we're kind of taught, I think, through this trial and error of, because some guys, and I've had situations where they become very defensive, where they're like, well, it wasn't me. What's wrong with you? And you start to think, well, hell, what is wrong with me? I mean, a guy can reach orgasm in a matter of seconds. 
you know, but for a woman, it can take a while and, you know, it becomes, well, what is wrong with you? So is it, you know, in those situations, um, this is where lying kind of gets blurry where it's like, I'm lying, but I'm lying for the reasons everyone lies, um, self-preservation. Um, but you know, also you don't want to make the guy feel bad. Thus in return, make you feel bad. It is very personal and it is very selfish in a lot of ways. Um, so do you think that, you know, I know in our relationship, you don't like when I fake it. And, and I know that in the beginning of our relationship, there were a few times that I did, by the way, any background noise that you're hearing is our dogs playing. And, um, so, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So, so to your point, um, uh, uh, okay. So I think that the, the first underpinnings of that is, is certainly, there is, and not in a negative way. I want to be clear. There's there's definitely a gap in in, in our uh, experience uh, with sex. So, He's trying very nicely to say that I've had more experience than he has. Right. Um, you know, I'm not by any means like a, a virgin before we were married. And but, I wasn't a slut. Uh, but fairly limited in, in my experience. But this would also be a point to say that that maybe uh, my perspective is a bit different than other people since I was primarily raised by a bunch of lesbians. So kind of the whole how I view sex and and how I view the the role of women is is maybe a little, a a few degrees off from, from the standard. But my thing would be is I would rather know that I wasn't doing a good job so that I could learn how to do a better job than think that I was doing a great job only to find out that I totally sucked. It's it, it's like that show, you know, where they had that that fake show. It only went for like one season where they were pretending to do like an American Idol thing, but they just kept picking the people that were just the absolute oh, worst. Oh, the worst singer in America? Yeah, yeah. I think it's what it was. Yeah, or something like that. And so my point is, is that, you know, the reason it only lasted one is, well, because, because that's... Because evil. That, that was a horrible thing to do. Yes. But, but the, the second thing is that nobody wants to constantly think that they're awesome and then have that huge fall. Because if you're going to keep lying to your partner and saying, oh, this is the best sex I've ever had, at some point you're, you're going to be tired, you're going to be cranky, you're going to have an argument, and you'll be like, I faked all of those. Something is going to happen. You know what I mean? So it, it's I would much rather know that, that there's a problem so that the problem can be addressed and corrected than, than to sort of get my ego stroked for, for no particular reason. I mean, that, that's just my opinion. Okay, well, one of the other things that you brought up was um, cheating. Yeah. And, and yeah, people are going to lie if they cheat. Um, we've been lucky enough to not have that situation. But I know that in today's times, it's not just about the physical act of cheating, but we're talking about emotional cheating yeah, like, like- as well. Like communicating with a, a an ex on Facebook. Well, or, yeah, and I mean, one of the things that I brought up with you. I mean, we've been together so long now, sixteen years, and we've built this life together and raised children together. Um, that if, if you were to have, let's say, you cheated, and and of course, you know, to make it very clear, here's the ground rules for it. You know, you're drunk off your butt. Maybe you're in a different state. You're on a work thing. Maybe we haven't seen each other in a while. I don't know. You slip up. You have sex. 
you feel awful about it. You're never going to be back there. You're never going to see that person. You're, you know, and I've, I've made it very clear. If that's the case where you're not in love, there's no emotion to it. Um, don't tell me because you know, I, I would prefer the lie. And I know that sounds weird. And a lot of women are going to argue with me. It's just why bring me into your shit? So if you feel horrible about it and you don't feel that it's going to happen again, um, then why bring me into your pain? But, you know, if I, I, to me, I don't know. It's, it's so much more than the act of cheating. Um, I am one of those very few women who believe that sex can just be sex. I'm not saying go outside your marriage or anything like that, but sometimes good old fashioned fucking can be just loads of fun and there doesn't have to be an emotional connection with it. Sorry, that makes me weird. Um, but I think that one of the things I'm more worried about, you know, it would be the emotional attachment that you have with someone, the talking to someone about your problems, um, you know, hanging out with them, talking with them, texting them. Um, so in, in those, you know, if we're not talking about the actual physical act of cheating, and a lot of people will say this, if you're not physically cheating, it's not cheating. Do you think that it's lying? If you are speaking to someone of the opposite sex, you know, and, and you have some kind of an emotional attachment to them and you don't tell your spouse, is that another lie by omission? Is that just keeping their oh, feelings no, that's, safe? That, that's lying directly. But I mean, I think there's a few things to unpack in, in what you were saying. Um, first off, I'm, I'm quite certain that your opinion does not mean I have a free pass to cheat. No. Oh, I drank too much. Oh. I just yeah, fell into that girl's vagina. No, I, I seriously doubt that that's, <laughs> that's the case. Um, so I want to be clear. I, I clearly understand that. Um, but I also clearly understand uh, what you're saying is, is that why jeopardize your perceived happiness in, in the relationship because of one thing that could truly be classified as, as a mistake. And, and I get that. I, I, I don't know if I agree <laughs> because I maybe am the type of person who might still want to know, even though it would be gut-punching and horrible. I, I would rather, I guess, have it out. Well, see, I wasn't and, even and, thinking and about know. me on that. Well, of course you're just thinking about me because well, men yeah. have magnetic penises and, and whatever. I, I get that because... In your mind, it's it's so much harder for a, a woman to cheat, although I will point out the statistics do not say that. Um, but I, I get what you're saying, and, and I see that. I, I'm going to say from my standpoint, um, you know, if it happens, I would rather bring it out. It would be painful. It would be, sh it would be very terrible or shitty, as I was going to say, um, but it would be a chance to really evaluate the relationship, figure out... What was I not giving you that, that that happened? You know what I mean? Where where was not that I'm saying it's my fault that you cheated, like you know some kind of uh, you know abused partner syndrome or something like that. But I really think that that if a relationship is two people and it's about trying to figure out what do you got to do to make it work, then if your partner needs solace in the arms of another, well then you're obviously not making it work on some level. You know what I mean? I if we conclude that your partner's just not an evil and spiteful vindictive person. See, and, and that's such a guy thing to say. And and I have to say that because men and women cheat, I think, for two completely different reasons. I mean, you want to bring up statistics. Most, you know, or the 
men who cheat tend to do it because they're not getting the attention, but it's the attention in that narcissistic sort of way. Right, yeah. I don't think it's like emotional attention. They're like, oh, my wife's not doing my laundry. I'm going to cheat. No, it's, it's. I think it's more about them being like, I feel older or I feel less attractive or I feel like my, my partner's not putting as much effort as they used to or, or you know, whatever the thing is, they're suddenly like, you know, this other person's giving me attention and so maybe it's a good idea. To be clear, we're not talking about like, you know, serial philanderers here, people who just do that the first week that they're together or, you know, the, the, the stories you always hear about, you know, someone who cheats, uh, uh, you know, the day after they're married or, or at the wedding or some crazy shit like that. I'm just talking about, you know, the normal average guy who strays I think it's more about their personal insecurities, not the other person. But I would argue that the woman who strays, and, and maybe my point of view is totally off here, that it's more about, at that point, their partner not being for them there for them emotionally, well, not, not a, being supportive of them. It's a double-edged sword. Men tend to pull away when women, when they don't view their wives or partners as trying, whereas women stop trying because their partner is pulling away and and there's and it's not a fault whose fault is who but is there do you think in any way shape or form a reason a good reason to lie well hold on i I think also just before we skip over this i think that actually does bring up that that uh i think you said this saying before it was like that uh something like when a man gets married, he's like, oh, at last all the courting can stop. And then when a woman gets married, she's like, oh, now the true romance can begin. You well, know what yeah. I mean? I so, mean, well, because we have, sorry, yeah. we have Disney. And that's the whole point is that when you get married, the romance begins. Um, and when, yeah, when a guy gets married, he's like, yes, now I can stop with the romance and right. fart in public. Yeah. Well, or at least in front of our spouses, not necessarily okay. in public. And, and I'm, I'm going to make this very clear. This isn't one of those, are we that couple moments? No. No. We do not discuss going poo. Um, we do not bring each other into the bathroom and go, hey, look at this. Um, you know, we've had those instances. I had the flu where it was coming out of Bohans and my poor husband. We never talked about it. We never discussed it. It's weird. I'm bringing it up here. But, um, like, we do not go to the bathroom in front of each other. And I know that a lot of people say, well, that's kind of prudish. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck off. Well, I don't care if you nice think it's prudish. It's nice to keep at least one slight mystery yes. in, in our life. I would prefer to believe that, that, that you never I do that. I never poop. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fully aware that, biologically speaking, you must. But I'm very happy to know it always happens behind the other side of a door and not while I'm in the shower. And none of those things that are sort of typical loss of romance in life. And, and maybe that's a silly thing to cling to but at the same time yeah sorry um but at the same time i'm very happy with that mystery in 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 our lives uh and and i think that it has served us particularly well so i guess that's a case of us lying to ourselves and each other 100 percent. okay so so that just answers the question you know it it i don't it kind of because when you talk about truth in marriage I mean, you, and this is going to give you a little bit into our kind of relationship. Get ready. Um, every time I take my shirt off, you whistle. 
yes. or you go, yeah, let me see them titties, you know, just really juvenile things. And I just kind of roll my eyes and I, I hate it. But deep down, I love it. I mean, and when he doesn't, like if he's distracted or he's reading or watching TV and he doesn't notice my titties, I, I die a little bit inside. So, you know, and I know that not, cause I know what I look like. And I, for those of you who don't know what I look like, I, I'm, I'm short. I, I'm very overweight. I'm not like on a scooter overweight yet. I don't know. Goals maybe, but you know, I, I'm not, I mean, I've had four children. My boobs are nowhere near where boobs are supposed to be. I, if I walk funny, they hit my knees. I know. Okay, and you're dearest, looking at dearest, me. I, I, I do think you're being a bit hard on yourself. <sighs> okay. Ha, have we both, shall we say, strive for me- mediocrity okay, in, but you're in, in, our, a guy. in our personal now, looks? You know, look, I, you I don't. You are better looking now than when we met. And I have seen women <sighs> flirt with him. And by the way, a lot of people, I am three years older than Topaz's. But we get a lot of people thinking that I have that I'm his mom. Um, I've been gray since I was 17, and he even has more wrinkles than I do. But he just looks really young. <sighs> yeah, he's Look, got a little bit of a poochy belly, but come on. It's it's just, you're hot. It's just jeans, okay? I have little tiny specks of white in my hair and in my uh, beard and all yeah, that stuff. The but, distinguished. But I, but I get it that that for better or worse, I. I People tend to underestimate my age by a decade or more, so so I get that. It's and annoying. I, it is very annoying um, on on many parts. Useful to me in some cases, um, but you know, business. Okay, and so, so forth, deep down, but... when you whistle or when you tell me I look beautiful, well, well, I on. I tend to think that you're lying. But let me say something really clear that I want to be clear, and I'll, I'll even put this on the recorded record. Believe it or not, I actually like the way your titties look. So. <laughs> Uh, I am doing that out of true enthusiasm, like, yay, boobs. Okay, but to be honest with the listener here, <clears throat> you have said, because I have asked you, do you like little boobies or big boobies or medium? And your whole thing was you stopped and looked at me and you went, boobies. And I'm like, yeah, but what kind of boobies? And you're like, boobies. It's it's like pizza, you know? It's like hot, cold, I don't care, well, boobies. Well, yeah, I get it. But, and, and I, let's... To be fair, I mean, I think that we, we certainly accustom ourselves to the things that we have access to all the time. So it would be foolish of me to go like, oh, I like this type of booby and my wife does not have that type of booby, wah, wah, wah. No, of course, I'm going to invest myself into enjoying and and very much appreciating the boobs that I have access to right now. And yes, as a man, all boobs are good boobs. I believe there was a comedian, uh, Ron White or something, and he has some joke about there being a super old lady who's like, you want to see my tits? And and he's, he's like, sure, I guess I'll see your tits. And she, she rolls them out, and he goes, all right. And then she rolls them back up. You know what I mean? So, so yes, as a man, boobies are great. Tits are awesome. Why would you not enjoy them? But but no, I, I do think that it's it's the, the, the married man's obligation to lie not lie oh come on not lie appreciate what we have because why would you constantly look for something different than what you have you're only going to be hurting yourself okay i understand that but you know if we're talking about degrees of lying here 
you know, to, to tell yeah, me. I, I will agree with you that it's about a 10% degree of lying because if, if we're going to talk reality, sure. Don't we all imagine that we wish we could be as good looking as we could possibly be and the people we are with would be as good looking as they could possibly be? That's just... I think the human condition, but at the same time, what you're missing out on and what you're focusing on is physical attractiveness. You're focusing on this like this thin veneer on the top of who we are. And, and let's be honest, our relationship, I would hope, is much more about, I mean, yes, physical attractiveness, good. You can't see I'm holding up both my thumbs, giving a double thumbs up here. But uh, <laughs> at the same time, emotional connectiveness, uh, supportiveness, uh, you know, being there for one another, comfort, all of those other things, uh, sexual compatibility, all, all of those things are, are important aspects. And I, I think that it's a fool who focuses on some arbitrary thing. Like I, I had that one friend who was like, he's a really tall, skinny dude. And he was like, I will only date women that I can pick up. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, you're not that strong. And two you're totally I've cutting out like three quarters of the possible female population. Yeah, I, like, I've, you know I've what I mean? Been, I mean, back when I, I was getting divorced and I went on terrible online dates, there was at least three that um, made it very clear to me that I was not as thin as, you know, they wanted. And what's sad is I was probably about 60 pounds lighter then than I am now. Um, and I know that those listening are probably going, oh my God, how fat is this girl? Oh my God, I wear a size 16. Okay, yes. let's just be honest well, there. Well, here's the other thing I'd like to point out, dearest, and, and this is not my particular kink, although I, I enjoy our interactions quite a bit. There is a whole spectrum out there of people that like big, beautiful women. That's, what is it, the third most searched pornography search or something out there? So No, I, I so, understand I mean, that. You know. I'm just saying that for, for the most part, society tells me consistently that I'm not attractive and that I'm fat um, and that I should put my head in the sand and be ashamed of that. And so when you whistle or you tell me I look beautiful, um, and, and I know that sometimes when you say it, I definitely do not look beautiful. Um, you know, there is that sense of, I know he's lying to make me feel better. Like maybe he's not lying. Like, Oh, you're a horrible monster beast, but I know that he, you, you're like um, sugarcoating it in a lot of ways to spare my feelings, to make me feel good. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, in a relationship, are we saying and and are we declaring right now that those kinds of lies to make the other person feel good? Are those something that should be encouraged? Well, I don't know if the right version is encouraged. And it's something that did occur to me while you were speaking is, is that maybe we're also missing out on the idea of subjective truth. Like, like I, I know you exist in a world where the, oh, where the yeah. truth, truth is the is truth, truth and the lie is a lie. Truth is truth. And for better or worse, I exist in a bit of a, a grayer world where there's subjective truth. What is true for one person or, or an interpretation of the truth doesn't make it true for the other person. That'd be and a boring book, book, Fifty Shades of Truth. Well, but it's true. That's the funny thing. Aha. <laughs> uh, no, but but no. Here's my point, though, is that in all honesty, and, and of course I'm going to say this, and, and everyone can believe that there's a lie inherent in what I'm about to say, when I'm whistling, I'm whistling out of honest enthusiasm. I'm not doing it to, to blow your skirt up or, or give you sunshine where no sunshine exists. I'm 
honestly enthusiastic about seeing them titties. So the, the point is, is that for me, that is a subjective truth. I understand that your subjective truth is you look at, at that and, and whatever and you go bleh, and, and society in many ways looks at it and goes uh, unacceptable and, and all those other things. But, you know, subjectively from my point of view, I look at it and I go, yeah, boobs. But it's part of all of that to reach the end goal of getting a blowjob. Well, I don't know that that's always my end goal, but, you know, what, 60% of the time? No, um, no I'm, I'm, I th- kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, we've never talked about this. This That's well, a good point. Is that like a normal guy thing where when... Because I know for women, and I think a lot of ladies will back me up here, we tend to build our men up as much as we can so we can get things done. Like when you bring in groceries and we're like, oh my God, you're so strong. Look at all those groceries. You're a big man. And we know that like deep down, you're like, yeah, be strong. And we do that because we're hoping that next time you'll do it again. Well, yeah, I, I get that, and and I have to say, you uh, no, credit, I mean it with you. I swear. You, no, I get you're it. strong. I get it. You, you credit the human male with a level of forethought that I just don't think exists. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think you think that that that, uh, or or what you're saying is that women like plan ahead and stuff. And seriously, I I'm sure there are guys out there that plan their lives ahead, but I'm pretty sure most guys are sort of like a pinball in the pinball machine. Beer, I'm okay. over here. Beer, I'm over here. So, but here's my thing. I think we learn through the Pavlovian method, which is to say that we learn that saying nice things to our li- to our wives, excuse me, uh, lead to good outcomes, and saying stupid and mean things to our wives lead to poor outcomes. So it's like that electrical shock thing where you're like, I'm going to touch this button, ow, well, I'm, I'm going to touch saying, this button, food pellet. You know I'm what basically I mean? saying the same thing. Well, yeah, but you are saying that there's an overarching plan behind the whole thing. You're saying that the idea is, is that a woman is trying to shape her partner into whatever her point of, of an ideal participant or an ideal husband is. And so, I think that, wait a minute though, let me, say, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, to go back in the years that I was a teacher, um, I think that women and, and maybe men do too, you know, when we know that we need something, I mean, this can go all the way back to when you need 20 bucks from one of your parents and you figure out very early on how to ask your mom versus how to ask your dad for something, what to do, how to say something, um, you know, for the stereotypical daddy's little girl would be like, dad, you know, and you know that if you play up that he's like, he's your dad and you love him and you're his little princess that you're going to get that money. Um, and with the mom, you know, she's not going to fall for that shit. So you know that you're going to have to do dishes or something like that in order, you know, and this is my mom personally in order to get something from her. Um, so I think, yes. Uh, I, and I think it's very individualized. Um, you yeah. know, it, it's, it. So is is me doing that to you any different than you whistling when I take my shirt off? Yes. Um, How is that different? <laughs> because number it's one, the same uh, thing. your story again implies forethought, and maybe I'm it's a super forethought. maybe I'm a super weirdo, but I have to say that that I believe that myself and most other men are just going dirt 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 through life, and then we run into something and have to make a quick decision. And it's not all leading to the sex. Well, look, sex is is a great outcome, and it's it's a healthy healthy motivator. Don't don't get me don't get me wrong, 
But at the same time, I think most of the time, like, like here's a great example, and, and this is a meme online, you know, like there's the girl and she's looking off in one direction in the bed, and there's a guy and he's looking off in the other direction in the bed, and she's like, man, I wonder if he's thinking about that argument that he, he that we had. And then in his mind, they're always like, how come Luigi's green and Mario's red, and are they brothers or are they just plumbers together? Okay. The point is, is you imply this level of deep intellectual contemplation that I think is a man really does not exist for the most part. Okay, so what you're saying is that when I take my shirt off and you whistle, you mean it. I Well, I, I'm well, saying then, in, then in I'm that moment, I'm like, all right. Okay, when I, t- when I tell you you're strong, and I mean it. Yeah, but I'm also going to say that, that you have an <laughs> ulterior motive. I... And and sure, you could argue that I have an arterial arterial sorry <laughs> ulterior oh, motive. Shoot me yeah, later. yeah. Okay. Uh, that I have an ulterior motive uh, in the set in the fact that I'm going to be like, yeah, me whistling her boobs means sex. But I also know that you know if you're changing your shirt for work in the morning, we're not going to go jump into bed right then. And as much as I would like for that to happen, it's it, reality says that it it can't because you have to go to work and I have to go to work. So the the I, I think that. I'm not saying that you're being inherently untruthful and I'm being inherently truthful, but but again, I think this is falling back on my argument of subjective and objective truth. Because either way we look at it, you're saying you're being truthful and that's very subjective to me. And from my <laughs> point of view, I, I'm objectively saying, well, but is aren't you kind of lying? You didn't really think I was a big, strong, healthy man. You were just doing it so I would carry more groceries. And by that same token, in your mind, I'm saying I really like those titties, and in, and you're from your objective point of view, you're saying you're just doing that so the next time the opportunity for sex comes up, I'll say yes. And I'm going to go ahead and say yes on both accounts. Okay, fine. So so whether the motive be pre premeditated or simply opportunistic, we're saying that that those type of lies are the social lubricant that keeps the relationship going well let's why do people lie we we lie for a few reasons one to get out of trouble two to get what we want and and i don't know if there's any other reason to lie so even in marriage that doesn't mean that the rules change um if you cheated and then you lie and say i didn't cheat it's so you don't get in trouble if you lie and whistle when your wife takes her shirt off you know, and, and are like, wow, you're so hot. You're so gorgeous, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it, and I'm not saying that you're lying. I'm saying that that seems to be stretching the truth a little bit in a lot of ways. But, you know, or if I tell you that you're strong while you're taking the groceries in, um, you know, we it's both because, it, you know, I think that we're just selfish human beings. That's just the way, even those who are like, no, no, no I give to charity, you know, I, but do you give to charity because you want to, or do you give because it makes you feel good? We do things that make us feel good. And I think that lying is one of those things that kind of make you feel good. And it, you know, the outcome is something that will be beneficial to you. I don't know. I think that uh, Phoebe on Friends, she kind of had that existential moment where do we do things just for, you know, to be unselfish? Is there such a thing as an unselfish act? Well, I, I think we also have to clarify that, like, we're talking about such first world problems here. I mean, we're uh, not, yes. we're, we're not yes. like, we're not like oh protecting God, no. refugees from being mm-hmm. shot. So we're lying that they're in our attic or something no. like that. No. You know what I mean? It's so it's a very narrow view. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think the thing is, is what we're saying is, is that, that 
well, not lying per se, because let's be clear, I can't go buy a car and then be like, oh, I won it. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's a flat out lie. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I know that we have talked about. Cause... Or win the lottery and then divorce you and then, then right. go collect my winnings. Okay. I mean, those are lies. You know, those, we all have that moment. And, and women, you know this when you're with your partner. And you're walking down the street or you're walking down the sidewalk, whatever, in a store. And you see a very beautiful young woman come towards you. And inevitably, we turn to our, our, our other half and we go and we ask that really stupid question. You know, that, that stupid question we don't want the answer to. We want them to lie. But we know it's a lie. And, and we know we're trapping them into a lie. And we ask them. Um, do you think that she's pretty? Do you think that woman was pretty? And every guy out there is going to be like, oh my God, say no. Say no. Even though you yourself as a woman go, well, I thought she was very attractive. You know, and, but you think that there's going to be that moment where, you know, you, you can make it okay to him. But we don't want to hear that they think that they're attractive, even though we do. So we're putting them in that situation where they have no choice but to lie. And then we have to get mad at them for lying. However, my husband here, only man I've ever met that has the perfect answer for that, even though I know it's still a lie, it doesn't cause pain or, or friction and so I'm going to set you up for this. Topaz. Yeah, well, thanks for, for setting me up for the out of the ballpark Homer there. But yes, the, the of course, every man will say, tell your wife no. But I've always found that the smartest answer you can give is uh, what girl or what woman are you talking about? Because then you didn't see them at all. And therefore, you don't have to lie. And you're good. But but the, you did lie because I know you ah, saw her. Here's the interesting thing that, that my wife is, is missing out at. And, and I'm sure she's going to give me the statement staring eyes of you big fat liar um in many cases i in fact did not see that that girl i'm gonna go back to the uh you know whenever they think homer simpson is thinking something really important in his head and then they zoom in and it's a little symbol monkey going clash 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 frankly most men are like huh i wonder if i want steak or do i need sneakers or maybe i need to tie them or what about those boots we're, I'm sure there are guys out there on the prowl all the time going like, look at that booty, look at that booty, look at that booty. And I'm not going to say I've never not seen a good booty. I'm not even going to say I never don't have guys that like, I worked with a guy at one point where uh, we worked in a, a big office oh, with, God, with a glass front. His not his oh, booty. Okay. My point is, is he was well known throughout the office that every time any type of, type of attractive girl would walk anywhere near the big windows, he would run out to the window and try to get as many other people to see this beautiful woman that he had just noticed. Frankly, he was an idiot. But... I've that, never, I don't know. I've never had that happen to but me. But that said, well, I just think you're not going to the right places. But no. I, I <laughs> Blind think, bars. Uh-huh, um, I think that by simply not seeing the thing, um, and you know what? I'll be frank. If I had happened to see it, of course I would say, I don't know what you're talking about because A, I'm not an idiot. Um, but no, truthfully, the vast, vast majority of the times that you're bringing something like that up to me, I didn't even notice. And there's a flip side to this. You know, the, the tried and true idea that the woman gets a haircut and she comes home expecting her husband to be like, oh my gosh, that's such a nice haircut. And he goes, what's for dinner? 
because he really didn't notice because guys are dumb. Well, and I will fall for, you know, or put myself into that as well. Um, I don't, I don't even know if we can compare ourselves to everyone else. I mean, we don't even remember. We have two anniversaries. We have our wedding anniversary, which is very easy. We got married June 13th. And we did that because we knew it would be an easy, easy date to remember. Sometimes we forget how many years it was. um, But we mostly celebrate the moment we met. And that was the 16 years ago. And we spent probably the first four or five years of our relationship celebrating it in the wrong month yep, the wrong because month. we didn't remember. And I know that as a woman, I'm supposed to be the one who goes, oh, this is the first day that we kissed or, oh, this was the first day we had sex. And that should be simple for us because that was the same day we met. Yeah. Um, but we don't remember that exact date. So we're not like that normal couple. So I don't tend to bring up everything that you've ever done wrong. But I think that what you don't, don't tend to bring up okay. every single thing that I've ever done wrong. We'll talk about that in a different <laughs> um a, a different, you know, episode. Yeah, maybe we can have an episode about arguing and how no, to argue properly. No, we can have an episode of how you did things horribly in uh-huh. the beginning, and right. now I have no good memories of them. Okay. Well, um, hey, again, I'm going to plead We'll go into that ignorance. one later. Okay. But, so how do we leave this? Well, it goes back to that question, is is even from everything we've said, are, are we that couple? Are, are we the couple that, that is outside the norm, that is... The ones that that aren't all super goopy attached to their anniversary, but at the same time, we're not those couples that just you know sit in a restaurant and stare at each other for an hour while we eat. We still enjoy talking to each other, and and we still enjoy being with each other. And is is it because we're willing to lie, as we would say, about things, or is it willing that we're we're is it more maybe because we're we're just well, then, we're, we're supportive of the other person. We're saying, you okay. know what? You're important to me, and this is a small thing that I can do to make you feel better, so why wouldn't I? Well, if we're trying to wrap this up, I know, but maybe the act of lying <clears throat> on those simple things, like the little things, and we're talking about small things here, small marital things that we lie about. I mean, like, oh my God, you're so big or, oh, that hurts, you know. Um, We'll we'll get into that in the sex episode, but (laughs) it's not small. It's not small. You're huge. Maybe maybe it's more about like the fact that, you know, like I hear a big thing amongst couples is that men never know how to uh, fill the dishwasher properly. Okay. I don't say that. Well, I understand, but that is, is, are you just choosing to admit that fact or, or, and just accept that I suck at filling the dishwasher. Well, no, but you're wait okay a minute. You, let me finish my point, though. I think that we've come to the conclusion that yes, there are lies, and and on a magnitude level, we are very low. And I think that in a lot of ways, it's meant to make our spouse, you know, when I say things to make you feel better, but also, and maybe not to make you feel better, but to make you feel good about yourself. But in a lot of it. I think it's for me too. I mean, I when you feel good about yourself, when you feel, you know, that you're strong and, and awesome and handsome, that kind of comes back to me. Not that you're like suddenly all nice and kind, whatever to me, but to see you happy, 
to yeah. see you content, to see you thriving is something that makes me very happy. And, and maybe that is one thing that, that, that makes us weirdos, is the fact that, that, again, a positive outgrowth of the codependence thing is that we, we both hang our happiness and our relative success on sort of how good the other person is feeling, that, that that's... That's a, a key component, at least to our relationship. I, I don't know if it would work for anyone else, but I did think of one other thing, and I don't want to hijack the, the trying to end the conversation, but uh, I also remember stuff online where like uh, they buy candy, and then the one partner eats it, and then they lie about it to the other partner. Would you ever do that? Okay. <laughs> okay. That, all right. When I was growing up, I was the youngest of six kids, and we were poor, and we were dirt poor. Um I think you should say homeless poor because that's okay. even more than, we, than dirt we poor. We were very... Okay, just shut up. And we, we were poor white trash as well. And I remember my brothers and sisters would be at school, but there were certain days I didn't go. I was in kindergarten, and these are some of my earliest memories. Um, and my mom and I would go to Deer Park, which is either in Muskegon, Michigan, or right outside of Muskegon, Michigan. And... She would take me there and we'd spend the day. I, I guess it's a big amusement park now. Back then it wasn't. And the number one draw was that you could feed deer. You'd get a little funnel. Um, actually, you'd get a cupcake. That's right. No, you would get an ice cream cone, one of those cake cones, you know. And they would fill it with feed. And you'd have this pellets and you'd go around and feed them. And every time we would go back home, my mom would tell me, don't tell your dad and don't tell your brothers and sisters that we went. So I learned very early on that you lie. And I knew that she was doing it because number one, we didn't have the money for us to do that. So she didn't want to tell my dad. But the second one was not to make my siblings jealous or angry that they didn't get to go. Um, there have been, I, I, and this is so weird that you would bring this up. Um, I have bought a candy bar. This is probably a couple months ago. And I put it in my bag to take to work so I could eat it at work. And I remember being very conscious about it. Like, I'm not going to tell my husband that I have this candy because I want to eat the candy. Um, because in my mind, I was justifying it going, look, when I make dinner, I always give him the biggest piece. I always give him the best. I give him the most. Um, in a lot of ways, I make it the way that he likes it. And I was justifying my candy for myself by saying, oh, but I give so much. And looking back on it now, and I know it was just a couple months ago, it was a stupid thing to even think. And for the life of me, I'm now wondering, is our marriage doomed? Because I didn't think to buy you a candy okay. Okay. bar. Okay, so I, I, I don't think the candy bar is going to doom our marriage at this point, or at least... But do you think help, it starts help, small help like that? Okay, well, I think you have to just... Oh, you open stuff. Yeah, I think oh. you just have to credit yourself with a, with a moment of selfishness. And, and everyone has that in life. And then I think if that moment of selfishness keeps growing, sure, it could be a danger to our relationship. But, you know, not to paraphrase uh, 
Oh my God! Did you buy candy? No, I didn't. Is not that why you brought candy. the? Do I you have not candy? Bring, I do not. Have, well, we do have a candy bar. Well, in, in, I know, but are you hiding candy? I am not hiding candy. But you know, as much as you got to take your five minutes and give the story, if you will recall, I grew up not allowed to have any candy at all, yes. whatsoever. You're like a junkie. S- yeah, now. super organic, super uh, eating weeds out of the front yard kind of thing. Uh, you know, had to chew on licorice sticks, not like the licorice part, but actual roots and stuff. Um, you know what I mean? So from a licorice tree, mm, lovely. Anyway, the oh, point is, is, uh, so yeah, I'm a bit of a junkie when it comes to candy. I have had to wean myself off of it over several years. Otherwise I'd be eating 14 candy bars a day and drinking Mountain Dew. And both of those things are bad. Um, but I, I think that I don't, can't think of an instance in which I bought candy uh, specifically with the intent of not sharing it with you. I'm sure I've bought it in situations where there was no reason to share it f- with you, like I was at work or something, but but I don't believe I've ever hidden the candy from But by that same token, uh, to, to sort of paraphrase Freud, sometimes a candy bar is just a candy bar. I mean, it, it doesn't have to mean the, the doom of our relationship because you bought a candy bar. Sometimes you just want a candy bar. Well, that sounds like a whole episode... Um not overthinking this which I tend to do yeah I I tend to do we'll get into that later so okay lasting thoughts yeah we we should try to wrap up so so I honestly so your last your your final thoughts on this subject of lying in marriage well there's a couple of things I want to say first is so so before I go to my final thoughts I mean I hope if this this particular broadcast podcast whatever the hell we're going to call it uh actually gets any type of, of listeners, I, I would love for it to be an opportunity for other people to talk about their point of view. You know what I mean? Whether that be comments or, or emailing to us or, or whatever. You know what I mean? That would be cool. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And at a certain point, this is just so that we have an excuse to talk to each other over the kitchen table and maybe talk to each other in a ways more openly than we could if weirdly we weren't speaking into microphones and looking at a computer recording our voice. Very strange. But... My final thought, or a final thought, would be that I think truth is important in a relationship, but it's about the big stuff. It's about when you say, I love you, that you actually mean it. Maybe you're mad at the moment. Maybe you're upset at the moment. Maybe maybe you think that person ate a candy bar and didn't tell you, but you still love them. You still say, I love you, and you mean it deeply in your heart. And, and if you don't, then you take the time to bring it up and address it with your partner and figure out why can't you be truthful about it? Why isn't, doesn't it ring true? I think that's the important part. The little stuff doesn't matter. Sure. Say things that make your partner feel better. Build them up because it builds you up. Build them up because it makes both of your lives better. That's great. But when it comes to the big heavy duty things, be honest, be truthful, because that's what's going to make the relationship last. That's my point of view. Well, my final thought's going to be a lot shorter than that. Sorry, I talked too much. (laughs) I think um, on an honest level that it doesn't matter what you say to your spouse or your partner, um... The whole point is to be honest with yourself. So if you're spinning a tale um, for some reason or another, you better be able to honestly say to yourself 
why it is or explain to yourself why it is you feel the need to lie. And if it is for an arbitrary, you know, negative reason, then maybe it's time to start being a little bit more honest with your spouse. Man, so, I wish my answer had been better. It's <laughs> Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, again, I'm Abby. I'm, I'm Topaz. And we'll see you for our next episode on Are We That Couple? Yeah, are we? I mean, seriously. I'm, I'm pretty sure we, we might be. Hmm. Bye, guys. Bye.